Welcome to the original Vegan Business Talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode. And today our guest is Andrea Young, and she is the founder of Sweet Vegan. Hi, Andrea. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And and before we get started, I'll just say that I've actually tried her product. She sent me sent me some because me and her, her talk quite a few times now before this interview. And it was fantastic. Super good. The quality was super good. That's one of the things. And and everybody knows me. I'll be very honest. If I don't like something. I'm not going to bash it, but I'd be like, yeah, it was pretty good and talk about something else, right? <laughs> you know, but it was good. It was good. The, the really, really good, like good, good tasting, right? Yeah, it was good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for trying it. Yeah, well, thank you for sending it. So tell us a little bit of your backstory, little cliff notes, your backstory, and then how did you get into what you're doing today? Sure. Well, I come from the Midwest in Indiana, and growing up there, I always tell people it's fast cars and fast food. And <laughs> growing up in a large family in the Midwest with a mom that was the sole provider, it was literally my grandmother that came in every day and prepared the meals. And being the oldest daughter, I assisted in the kitchen. So this is how I developed my love and my passion for food is really through the tutelage and the beautiful harmony that my grandmother brought to everything that she did. She had an amazing quality of making everything look beautiful, even if it was only a simple little piece of meat or a vegetable, she always garnished it and made it look awesome. So some of those are the skills that I was grown, grew up with. And it's that sort of work ethic of really believing what you do, always giving more than it's required that really instilled upon me. And when I came to New York, I really studied design and really developed myself into becoming a designer and interior architect. So that's really how I got my start with design and being creative and also always keeping food in the background. I never thought I would become a chef. Working as an interior architect was always something that seemed very right for me. But when my mom came to visit from Indiana to New York, which is where I went to school, and she took a fall, uh, we realized when she was in the hospital that not only did she have a fracture, but she also was malnourished. And that came as a very big surprise to my siblings and myself, because given the fact that my mom was highly educated, raised five children as a single parent, worked every day as an educator with kids herself, um, that she would actually be malnourished was something that just didn't add up. And I think it was because she was living alone in Florida at that point, and she really wasn't taking care of herself in the same way she had always guided my siblings and myself. So when she came in and stayed with me in my very small New York City apartment, I had to hmm. find somebody that could really help us. And that person turned out to be a plant-based chef. Now, who knew what a plant-based chef was a few years ago, but she could start away. <laughs> And she was amazing. She really changed the way my mom and I thought about food. So she would come in on Fridays. I would take Fridays off from my other job as an architect. And I would be the sous chef slicing and dicing. My mom would be the official taste tester on her little stool. And by the end of the summer, my mom's health had improved greatly. She no longer 
was in her wheelchair. She was out and pushing her wheelchair. And I really attribute it to the fact that two things, great quality food being plant-based, but more importantly, love. And how important love and community is in the healing process. So my mom goes back to Florida and I had a cookbook prepared for her with all the wonderful recipes. And I thought, hmm, what shall I do with all this information? And I decided, let me see if I should really develop this and do something with it, just for my own edification. So my firm began to downsize. I was only working four days a week. And I ended up going back to school and becoming a vegan chef. And in that process, I started getting job opportunities to work couple of days a week for very high profile clients in New York City that were looking for like a relief chef. Maybe they had somebody five days a week, but they wanted somebody to come in for two days a week and help carry on whatever needed to be done for those extra two days families. So I worked with some very um, knowledgeable chef, you know, clientele. And one of the things that they never seem to find is good quality chocolate. So I started just as a lark, developing flavors and chocolate profiles. And somebody would say, oh, I really want something without soy in it. Or can you make something without any, um, you know, preservatives? And I don't, I can't have nuts. So can you do something without nuts? So by the end, I came up with this amazing, very clean product that was soy-free, nut-free, gluten-free, white sugar-free, and always preservative-free. So that in a nutshell is how that came about in approximately a five-year span of time. Well, that's pretty cool. You really you really went from like totally one career to totally something else, right? So it's still design, but it was completely two different things almost. So that's pretty that's pretty cool how the, the journey started really for you and the story and with the grandma and with your grandma and everything like that. It's just uh, it's such a nice story. Uh, to, you know, to into the brand and uh, into what you're doing today. So tell us a little bit now about how, when did you start Sweet Vegan? How long has it been in business? And um, tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Well, I started Sweet Vegan in 2016. Well, I was still working full time as an interior architect. And I just went and did simple things like got a trademark, did research on things. I really didn't have sales. I really didn't go out places and market myself. I was really just developing products for people to try. I had at that time, eight different products that were totally different, not knowing which ones were really the right ones to work with. And then I really realized I needed to go back to school. I needed to really learn the business side of things. So I right near Columbia University. So they have a program called SBDC, Small Business Development Center. And they have, I think, around 11 of these around the United States. And this is a very big one at Columbia. So I enrolled in that program and I got accepted into the accelerator program. So I got a mentor and a counselor that worked with me. And I took classes through the summer in the following two years off and on. And I really developed like a portfolio of products and learned ingredients, learned all about nutritional, learned about profit and loss. And mm-hmm. I really understood the whole concept of running a business now and also right. how to problem solve. So I took all that and in- all those you know ingredients together for my business 
And I really launched the company with my first sales in 2019. So it was a long time in coming, but at least I had a background of business that helped me really look at the company from a very different perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's so great that you got that. You know, I always laugh because, you know, the amount of business people that don't understand profit and loss and and don't, you know, don't have financials and don't follow financials uh, is a lot, is a lot in small business. Uh, and you can see why one of the, it's such why small business has such a failure rate too at times because of certain things like that. So, you know, it's always, int- I always find it interesting, you know, you, you were like, okay, I got to go learn more. I got to go learn more, and, which is great to me. I always find it very interesting when, when entrepreneurs get into business, for some reason, we, they just got this belief that you don't need this high level skill set that it's just going to happen, you know, right? And it's, I kind of use you the university example, you know, there's a reason why a doctor goes to school for six years and then gets out and has his creds and then he starts making some decent money. Well, it's the same thing I always tell people in business, you know, your skill set should be getting better and better and better and better. And then when you truly are making good money, it's truly because you look and you go, shit, my skill set is pretty good now. Like that's really what it comes down to. So, you know, you know, you already had that. You're figuring that out. You know, got to learn some more. Got to figure this out, which is great because many don't do that. Well, thank you. I think that it came through a lot of discovery process with customers trying our product, giving me honest feedback for things, family and friends being brutally honest if, if on occasion, of course, <laughs> and then getting lots of opportunities to showcase my product in different stores. So, you know, in 2019, the economy was very different and I was doing a lot of events. And then, of course, 2020 rolled around with COVID and then everything, it's like the world just stopped. So our company basically stopped as well. So I had to really pivot and really rethink, you know, what does this company mean to me? Does it have a future? Does it have any value at all in terms of an outreach? Because obviously people weren't reaching out to me. So it's like, how would I reach out to the community at large? So in 2020, with the advent of COVID, I really decided to take an assessment and see what is it that I'm good at. And what I'm good at is giving back to our community. So sorry right. about that. No, no worries. That's, ama- that's amazing. You know, you, you really stopped and figured it out. Like you're consciously aware to be like, okay, what am I good at? And then focused on that, which is a very good decision-making process for you. Yes. So what we did is really pretty much by myself, I developed a newsletter that I reached out, a blog post. And the blog post was all about how can we support and celebrate our first responders? Because, you know, we live in a world where there's always someone more fortunate than you and always somebody less fortunate than you. So if I'm going to take assessment of what my company is and who I am, how can I give back to the people that really could use it? So the people that really could use my support were all the people in the hospitals, all the people that work in the EMS, the people that are the fire departments through the emergency services, and of course, our police. So that's what I did. I created flavors and chocolates. I developed a newsletter of an outreach of how during COVID we could support each other. And I wrote stories and I profiled people and we honored people and you could nominate someone and we would send them chocolates on your behalf. So the idea is 
so much of what people were getting in hospitals as supporters in the staff was junk food. You know, they were getting sugary things and pizzas and things that right. really were more like fast food. So how can I make a difference with my little product? Well, my right. product's individually wrapped. You can put it in your little pocket. You can have it later. It's not something you have to eat right on the spot and gobble down. And it's something that's going to give you sustainable energy because it's not full of sugar and sweet, right. you know, non, non-essential ingredients. So I found that that was something that really helped me a lot to get out of myself and start giving back to our community. And that in return made it so that we got noticed. And Yahoo Finance wrote a great article about us and said, what a small company, difference a small company can make in New York City for our first responders. And so we got a huge press outreach for people that had no idea that you could really make a difference being just one sole small company in New York City. And I'm here to say, we all have a choice and we can all make a difference. Yeah, I, I love I love that. There's so much teachings in that. And everybody knows one of my main things I always say is the, the, the one of the fastest ways and that scale a company is through teams and community. And when I say teams, I don't even mean like you have to have 30 people. I mean, you get your first person that helps you. You get your second person that helps you. But community will drive everything. And that's the competitive advantage. But enough people don't focus on community or they just think community is being like, oh, we do one thing nice. But we build in, I've built in community since my curves days. There's a reason why we built those so big. And and we were always in the community doing stuff. And, and, and even now, it's always we're always doing community stuff, building community, building community on the back end with our people and just so many different things. And it, it's amazing how much it maps back to business and brand. But it's very hard for people to understand that. And I think we live in too much of a transactional world. And we've got to move to more of a brand building world, which is community and doing good in the world or some kind of community. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think everybody listening right now, it's a good lesson for everybody to step back and see how, you know, are you building processes uh, mapped around the community right now? So I love that, by the way. So obviously, you know, you got going 2019, crazy rough patch, you know, the world shut down and you live in a city where we would never have thought the two cities that I would never think that I would see shut down were New York and Las Vegas casinos, right? <laughs> so if you if those cities shut down, you know something's going on in the world. Um, so 2019, you get the company going, you hit COVID. What now to date has, what do you think has been a couple of your biggest challenges? Well, we've had to really pivot a lot. The first pivot was obviously from being um, an event based company where we did all kinds of small events all over the city of New York. And also we did a lot of Williams Sonoma events where we were invited in places. We were invited to different hotels where we did like people would sit at the Renaissance hotel and have a cocktail and we would have our chocolates available for pairings. And we did huge sales in these different places. At the same token, we were able to communicate, develop and, you know, get people to sign up on our newsletters and our emails. So we were really developing community through all of that. And then basically everything switched in 2020 to being really an online business. So we Mm -hmm. had to really pivot and make our platform really much easier to work with in terms of our website. 
much and also have more engagement with stories so people would actually read. One of our best and most popular articles on is chocolate good for you during COVID. And that we've just gotten we off the charts with you know people that have been reading that article and they still read it because people really want to know is chocolate mm. one of those good products that you should be consuming? And of course, I'm here to say that it very much so is. And now we're into 2023. And this past year, again, we're being forced to really reevaluate the company and our direction. And we're really going into a much more B2B business to business, as well as much more of being out there for events again. So every weekend, I'm out meeting our customers and doing live tastings at Williams-Sonoma's in New Jersey, Connecticut, and New York, as well as I'm doing events where at hotels, like the Hilton Hotel, which features our product, to guests when they're coming in and they're checking in at the Midtown Hilton. So they have champagne waiting for them, and they also have a little taste of our chocolate. So it's a nice welcoming, and it also enables me to meet people from all over the world that are visiting and have them sign up for our chocolate newsletter and mm -hmm. get a free complimentary piece of chocolate. And the first thing I always get from people is, I can't believe that these are vegan. So that's really what we're hopeful is, how do we change the world with one plant-based chocolate at a time? I like that. I like that. And you're in some pretty credible places there in New York, aren't you? Yes. Well, the Hilton Hotel has been awesome. We were invited to supply all of the chocolates for the Clinton Global Initiative, which is right. being hosted at the Hilton Hotel in August of 2022. And... It's the first totally all vegan event that they've ever had at the Hilton Hotel. Mm. So all the food was completely plant-based and they wanted to have plant-based chocolate offered. So all of their gifts for all their gifts. So we did all custom baskets and gift bags and so forth for all the honorees that were staying there. And then we sold our chocolates in the gift store and we gave out samples for the three days during the, the workshop. So people could come in and try our product. Again, we met people from all over the world and we got their emails and we were so excited to welcome them and invite them to get to know a small woman-owned company based in Harlem in New York City that really believes in making a difference and people were thrilled to try our chocolate. So we made great sales, great awareness, and we moved the movement forward for vegan chocolate. That's amazing, that's amazing. And so are you looking, you said, are you looking to go more B2B now, or are you gonna do both, B2B and B2C? I think we'll always be doing both, because I think B2B gives us a great opportunity to grow in many different ways directions, especially if we're accepted at the airport. We've been invited by Paradis. I may be saying it wrong, or Pardis. Um, the Canadian might, pronunciation might be a little different. And we have been invited to share our chocolates at JFK Airport. So that's in the process. And they have many other connections around the United States and, of course, in Canada and throughout the world to have our chocolates in their gift shops at the airports. So that gives us huge visibility and huge access to an entire you know, customer base that we wouldn't normally be able to have. But I can honestly say getting our product in individual customers' hands 
and having them enjoy it and having them experience our product and having it sort of organically grow is a huge opportunity as well. So I love that customer contact and that opportunity to have them one-on-one or families with children that might have a nut allergy to taste our product and to be totally convinced that this is how they want to enjoy their future chocolates purchases. Right. Yeah, I think you've got a model that really caters to both the B2B and B2C and that that B2B will just give you that much more exposure as you keep going for brand exposure. So that, you know, you, you said you're getting the JFK and, you know, partnering with the Canadian company there, you know, and I kind of laugh because we all say it different and you're you're actually pronouncing it probably properly in Canada, we, but we butcher their names on purdies and all this stuff. So it's kind of like our, <laughs> our fault on that one. Um, but um, do you, uh, so how did you get in with it? Like, how did you get in with that? Because that's a pretty good opportunity, you know, and getting your stuff in there. Were you, you know, were you pounding down the pavement, sending letters, making phone calls, being like, hey, we got this? Like, how did that start to come about for you? Actually, that's a great question. The way it came about is we were invited as a little satellite or a little small uh, concept project to do at JFK Airport. JFK Airport is one of the more innovative airports in the world. And one of their projects is to support local companies. And they want you to go through a Port Authority program so that you get signed up with them. But all local shops at the airport are required to hire local companies in the New York metropolitan area, small minority companies, women-owned companies, and bring them in for a percentage of their sales. And that's written into their lease agreements from what I understand. So we have to get certified that we qualify. So this was a little program that was established at the airport to see if the vendors that they selected to come in and sell for Christmas week and also Thanksgiving week could really make a difference in the the whole atmosphere at the airport. So it was set up like a little street fair internally, and they had Christmas trees and lights set up, and it was just a very festive environment. And then a lot of the shops that are established there at the airport, they brought their higher execs in to meet a lot of us. So out of maybe the 20 vendors that were there, there was maybe a handful, maybe five or six that were selected to go to the next level and to be considered to be um, vendors for these stores. And one of them was um, Paradis or Paradis, as you might say it. So they mm-hmm. shine to us. They liked our product. They want to support local. They really want to make a difference with their choices and give their customers options. And I think that's a smart move. So we're going to be doing it on a trial basis coming up very, very soon. And we're so excited. Oh, that's a pretty cool concept. That's a smart concept. Very innovative and, and just smart in general. I, I love that. You know, it's so nice when you can see um, bigger companies and bigger organizations and governments and, and you know, and cities start to get together and, and make that stuff happen and think about smaller uh, companies and how we can all come together and make things work because in the in the end the small business is the backbone of all America and Canada North America and most countries the small business is the backbone of everything that Absolutely. makes things go around and it's the creative juice that enables mm-hmm. the future to be propelled 
Right. So what is your goal? Where do you want the company to be? What does it look like five years, 10 years from today for you? Well, what I would really like to see is for our company to grow and grow in a way where we could actually have our own shop where we would be able to produce our own products, whereas now we're in a community kitchen. So mm-hmm. we're really dependent on, you know, it doesn't have air conditioning in our community kitchen. So it's problems in the summer and we have a lot of, you know, control issues because there's not our environment. So we would love to actually get into our own space, create our own processes where we could have more control over things. So that's something that's a high priority. Also, we're self-funded. So at some point in time, we would really like to take on some partners so we could grow this business and really position ourselves for a larger community outreach and a growth Mm -hmm. beyond New York and around, of course, the United States. The other thing I really see as our future is we work with um, high school students through certain programs that are part of New York City. We would like to become more um, ingrained in this programs and having more students be a part of the development of Sweet Vegan. And by that, we work with high school students currently, sometimes three, sometimes six students will come in for a period of time and they help us with our packaging, they help cut up samples. So we would like, and sometimes they stay on with us for another you know, season when they're in between classes and programs and things in their own current life. But we would like to see that program grow like a mentorship program so that we can be assisting the next generation and helping them to learn all about the vegan community in a very grassroots organic way where they get to try our products and they get to have a little meal because when they come after school, we always give them like a nice soup or stew or something that's totally plant-based and they get a salary, of course, but they get to really develop and explore what their desires might be for their own goals and their own future. So I think that that's something that's really important to us and we would love to develop this and also take it on the road, so to speak. So when we go into another city like LA, we could establish something like this and work with high school kids in that location. So down the road, I see that as a way for us to give back and always keep the growth going and the next generation alive and keeping the plant-based community supported that way. Good. I like that. That's a smart idea. It's, uh, you know, it's just, it's good all, all around to do something like that. Uh, and like you said, I mean, I don't think enough people look at um, the next generation and, and, and I'm always thinking about, well, the next generation is the ones that are going to, is going to come up into my brand. So it's this, this now, but the next generation is, is what you want too. So um what do you think? What's the vegan chocolate space like? Is it a very heavy competitive space? Is there lots of people doing it? Is it? Give me a little bit of uh, background on, on the whole vegan chocolate space. Well, I think the vegan uh, chocolate space is crowded. Um, I think there's definitely going to be a fallout. What we've decided to do and our development and our discovery process when I was at the Columbia program and how we differentiate ourselves from other chocolates that are out there is we're not a chocolate bar, as you might have discovered in our box, right? We make truffles, which is, again, something that's a little different than what's out there in a lot of products. And our packaging is beautiful. So we Mm -hmm. don't want to be just a little something you pick up 
at your deli, your bodega. Exactly. We want to be something that is an experience that you're going to really, truly enjoy and have a mindfulness love for, right? So I think that we're unique and that we can be very creative with our flavors. Um, we have 20 right now through our seasonal subscription boxes. But more importantly, when somebody contacts us, like we had a call recently, they said, oh, I've been searching all over New York City for a champagne truffle that's vegan. Would you know of anybody that could create one? I said, well, of course I do. I would love to create a champagne truffle for you. And so she finally shared with me who the champagne truffle was for, because I said, is it a special occasion, et cetera, et cetera. And it was for Jessica Chastain, the actress. So yeah. I said, well, we'd love to create something for her. So that's what we did. We created beautiful champagne truffles and we delivered them to her uh, opening night performance of A Doll's House at the Hudson Theater. And then to make matters even more exciting, two weeks later, we get a call from France and somebody says, can you create some chocolates for Jessica Chastain because it's her birthday coming up. So they ordered 30 chocolate truffles and they wanted 10 of them to be champagne truffles. So we created a special box, beautifully designed and ribboned and, and beautifully crafted. And we did a whole post on it and we shared it with Jessica Chastain and her fan club. So this was somebody in their fan club that wanted to make sure Jessica was honored for her celebration of her life and her contribution to the vegan community as well. Since she's such a wonderful you know, advocate for animals and making the world a positive place to live with her viewpoints on veganism. So right. that's one of the ways that we can make a big difference. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So explain a little bit, like since I got this box here, explain to people what would be in this and stuff. And you're right. It's very packaged nice. You do have a differator with the truffle side of it and everything like that. So explain a little bit what would be in this box you sent me so everybody knows. Sure. Most people might know what a ganache is. It's a rich, creamy chocolate filling, usually made with heavy creams and butters. Now we've taken those heavy creams and butters out and we use rice milk and we use coconut sugar and we use cacao butter. So believe it or not, with those three plant-based ingredients, we're no longer a heart attack waiting to happen. We're healthy for <laughs> you, but we're also taste so amazing. It's going to melt in your mouth and we select our classic box, which has four different flavors in it. And in that box would be, that's our temptation box. And that would be Energizing Espresso, where we get our beans from Italy and also our luscious lemon, which we get our organic Meyer lemons. And we use Meyer lemons and the peel and everything that's organic and fresh squeezed juice in it as well. And then we have our most popular flavor in our box, which is Midnight Passion, which is a pure chocolate. And we make our own coffee liqueur for it and it gets heated out of it. So there's really not the alcohol content by the end. And then we have our spicy ginger. And that's a special one because you really get the heat of the ginger and you really get a kick to it. And it's from the pure ginger that we import from Peru all organic and super fresh that enables you to really get that wonderful ginger kick 
So those would be in our typical classic box. And that's what we really sell our predominant most of. But we do, of course, have our seasonal boxes, which have different flavors in it. And they're based on all the flavors that you can imagine for the, for the seasons that come up so that you can experience chocolate all the year round. Right, right. You know what I like? I like that they tasted like sometimes you get chocolate and, and even sometimes they have a different flavor, but they still kind of taste the same. Uh, I've had different, but th this real they really tasted different, like, a, you know, in a good way, which was, which was nice. And I thought they were all good in their own way, to be honest. Like, I didn't actually have like one where I was like, oh, this one, because I, I have a pretty good palate for like, I like, I'm not a picky eater, my mom would say. I was the easiest kid to raise. He's like, he liked everything. He was the easiest to raise in the world, right? You know, like, um, so for me, it's a, I like variety of stuff. So I like a variety of being able to go and, and taste different all the time where some people just find one thing and they'll eat that forever. You know, they'll be like, that's their thing. Right. But I love variety of stuff. Right. So I, and I like that there was definitely a different taste, a different kick, a different, like to all of them, but they did like all of them that i felt did kind of like melt in your mouth. Like it had that, I don't know what other word I'm looking for, but it was very like, um, it, you could just tell the quality was really good. You can tell when you eat something that the quality was good. It just, that's, I guess that would be maybe feeling like it's melting in your mouth would be the quality, I guess. Correct. Yes, I think it is. It should be like a robust flavor that melts in your mouth that you also feel a sense of satisfaction from. It shouldn't be that craving that happens with frequently when you have a chocolate sugary treat where you feel like you have to eat more because you don't feel satisfied. Right. I appreciate the feeling that you feel like you enjoy it and you feel satisfied and you can enjoy more of it later, but you don't need to finish the box. It's a healthy treat because chocolate is one of those things. If you get a dark chocolate, it really is good for you. It's good for your mind. It's good yeah. for your mental so I believe eating sustainably, eating healthy, making wise choices and moderation, right? Right, right. And last question, what is one of the hard, hardest things about making chocolates like this? Well, you know, there's a lot of climatic control that you have to have in a kitchen. You have to have the temperature right. You have to have the chocolate heated to a certain percentage of, and it has to go up to a certain point and then be brought down. When you work with vegan chocolate, which doesn't have dairy in it, that's also has some own, its own little, you know, idiosyncrasy right. you need to play with. So there's a lot of issues around control in a kitchen that you need to be very mindful of so that your chocolate doesn't bloom. And that's when your chocolate can turn and it can be almost like white speckles on it. And it doesn't mean the chocolate's not fresh. It just means the cacao butters have seeped out from the chocolate and come to the surface. So it doesn't look as pretty and people don't want to buy something. It doesn't look as pretty since as you well know, we eat with our eyes first. So that's why our packaging is such an important part of the process. So I I would say that's a huge part, keeping the control of our environment really clean and fresh in the right temperatures. And then also just continuing to grow our market, you know, getting out there, getting people to write reviews, getting people mm -hmm. to really have an experience with us and sharing that love with their family and friends. 
and getting people to publish about us, getting the articles and so forth. So it's like a full-time job getting out there and making things happen. But I also believe it's my passion. It's where my heart's at. And I know it's going to come to pass all in good time, all yeah. in the right way. It's And that's a day-by-day process, keeping your mind open, being looking for those seeds of things that are around you and giving our chocolate away and a little tasting to everywhere we meet, whether it's on a subway, a bus, or I'm meeting people socially. I'm always bringing some little chocolate treats with me and I invite you to try them. So if you ever run into me, somebody that's hearing this podcast and you see me and you want a little taste treat, come on up because I probably have it with me. And I love to share our chocolate and our chocolate story. And you, Shane, of course, I so appreciate you sharing our chocolate with everyone here. It really means a lot to our small company and helping us grow. Well, you're so welcome. And thank you sending it. I really, I really enjoyed it. And so where can everybody find you guys at now wow websites social media anything like that of course our website is sweet vegan all one word s-w-e-e-t v-e-g-a-n and then it's dot n-y-c for new york city and that also is our instagram sweet vegan n-y-c and our twitter account is the same we're also on facebook as well and pinterest so we'd love to have you join us, comment, be a part of our newsletter, our chocolate club, and just share all the joys of plant-based chocolate because we really believe we are the better choice. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody go check them out, try their stuff, send them a message, sign up for their newsletters, follow them, uh, and especially the plant-based community watching this, you know, everybody should be supporting each other in some way, shape, or form that we can to really make change in the world you know like i just said to somebody the other day i just bought 500 worth of vegan products stuff that just to support the community and i didn't even really need some of them to be honest i just do it to support the community and then i give some away or whatever you know one, one might be for a woman you know i'm not going to use it or whatever right but i just spent that money you know to support so you know uh, you know but we can also support in different ways giving somebody a, a shout out on their social media signing up for their newsletter do there's so many ways that we can support in different ways and we all should be uh supporting each other watching and i know there's a, a lot of just plant-based two people that are just not full vegan that 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 watch this podcast too and so you guys will be excited to try this amazing chocolate because i loved it thank you so much for this great interview andrea thank you thank you so much for having me Awesome. Till next time, everybody. Thank you.